West Limerick 102. The following is the podcast of County Views, as broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 1st of March 2023 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Councillor Jerome Scanlon and Eamon Lane. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Good evening listeners, it is Wednesday, it is the 1st of March, you're tuned to West Limerick 102 FM, your local community radio station broadcasting from Newcastle West. So you're all welcome to the programme tonight folks, and we would ask you to give us a call, because we have no agenda made out, so we're depending totally on what you tell us to talk about tonight, want us to talk about, otherwise we'll be finished early if we don't get any calls or messages, if you're not interested in anything you'd like the panel to talk about. And on the panel, of course, tonight is we have a new man on the block. Well, a new man from the olden times. He used to be on a regular here with Sheila O'Regan in the programs with Sheila there, the late Sheila O'Regan. And that is Eamon Lane from Adair. You're very welcome, Eamon. Thank you, Pat. Nice to and be back. Jerome Scanlon, another man that's around quite the block a few times and well known to you all listeners. And, of course, Tom Ryan as well, which is needs no introduction and of course our producer is jason smith so if you if you text in your messages or call in or whatsapp on 0696600 this program is county views going out live on this wednesday evening until 11 o'clock and if you want to text in call in 0696600 or 87 And our good friend Polly, of course, is celebrating her 94th birthday today. So we hope she had a very enjoyable and pleasant day. And we send her best wishes. And, <coughs> of course, also John Harold is heading out in the cold. It's a little bit on the nippy side, but it is beautiful dry. John, of course, providing you with fine music entertainment there for the past couple of hours. And back to the list of items, of course, there, we, we cannot burden lads and ladies and listeners. Uh, again, as I said to you, if you would please text in your message, whatever you would like us to talk about or comment on, 0696600 or 087-166-9800. Post it in, text it in any way at all you like, indeed. Uh, the law is that from the 1st of March until the last day of September, you cannot cut hedges, you cannot burn scrub, etc., etc., etc. Is it a little bit too early for that to come in, Eamon, do you think? There's fires all over the place in Kerry and Wicklow and everywhere tonight as we start. Right. Well, it's not too early to come in. You see, a lot depends on the year, like if we're talking about the habitats of birds and uh, you know, because uh, some years, if you have a year like we have at the moment, uh, we could have nesting early. And uh, what I find about it, a lot of the hedges that have been cut and trimmed at the moment are, are being uh, are being s- sacrificed, not properly cut, like just just banged Massac- out, of, massacred. massacred, massacred, and it takes them so long to come back and to co- have coverage again. It doesn't help, you know. Uh, 
I can't fathom out why they're in such a rush. I mean, the, the whole road is destroyed with stuff. That, that, I mean, it is a disgrace the way some of the hedges are. Now, some of them are done immaculately and very well done, like, you know. But I think there should be control over the way they're left after being cut. You'd imagine that we have so many rules and regulations and compliance, this, that, and the other thing, that there would be some control over the way they are cutting hedges. Some people, I mean, people as you say do a beautiful neat job cutting yeah. and others are just slashed and I don't yes. know what kind of machine they're using reckless yeah it's just probably you see uh, it's 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 probably such a money uh, gaining business now that, that they're just rushing through it but most people who have hedges themselves will make sure that they're done properly and they should be seen to make sure they're done properly. Jerome, you'd be up in the thing well, now. I, I suppose there's two points I'd make. I've seen, and I'm sure Thomas as well as a countryman, the crows have already started to nest. For okay? the past few weeks. Indeed. Well, two, yeah, two weeks. And I happen to notice in my own garden today a couple of robins having a bit of fun and they have a nest made. So the nesting so they've season... they've had their fun? Yeah. So they make the, the nest before the fun? Or well, I, I really don't know, but they've had the fun. But the bottom line with it is, you know, we need to protect uh, nature. Now, there's been an awful lot of work done at right at the, at the death yesterday and Monday. I saw a tremendous amount of hedge cutting going on. And a lot of that was, uh, you know, courtesy of the uh, roads officials here in Newcastle West who went out to people and told them, you know, you need to get your act together. You need to get the hedge cut. Now, we'll make the point following on from what the previous speaker said. Where the hedges are cut on a regular basis, you see very neat job because tis, they have become neat from being cut on a regular basis. Now, there are three or four of them not too far from here that hadn't been cut for years. And as you said, they'd look somewhat of a dog's dinner, but they will clear up. Next year, they'll be better and they'll, you know, they'll thicken and they'll mature and we'll have nice hedgerows after that. So by and large, the job, is the job that is being done is good. And I compliment everybody in rural Ireland that cuts the hedges. It needs to be done. And it, it's good for bird life. It's good for all of us, really. And it's good for... Uh, trafficability because we're not getting the sides of our car scratched uh, it, when you have a clean hedgerow at the side. Tom, you'll be familiar with hedges. I will, Pat, but uh, I'm totally opposed to um, people being forced for to cut their hedges. I believe that all all hedge at, on road on public roads is the responsibility of the council. Because you have a lot of people having the ways and means of cutting them. I was looking for to get a job done myself out in Clare, and uh, I I rang three or four people out there, and they didn't even return my call. No, this was internal; it wasn't roadside stuff. But you know, there's there's a lot of um, as Eamon has said there. You know, there's a lot of like bus jobs going ahead as well. But you know, you know, I I think myself that there is also a kind of a, a thinking out there now coming from the department as well that there were no hedges cut that that they want to for leave hedges grow for shelter and for and for boat life and stuff like that. So there's a contradiction. But definitely, I believe that all roadside uh, hedges should be cut by the relevant authorities, and that be the the, the national roads authority. Or the, or the council they used to always do it like 
I mean, we, we see there during the summer coming up to junctions, weeds and grass and the whole lot. Who is responsible for that? That's the council's responsibility, like. And I, they're not doing that. So there's a there's a total a total, I think, let down by the roads people in the council and the authority itself. I agree hundred percent with Tom Ryan, Jerome. Yeah, there is a conflict there because the National Roads Authority, Tom, they do the main, the, the inroads. The, if you travel from Patrick's Well up to Croke or into town, the what is the uh, Transport Infrastructure Ireland now, they maintain those. You have a point with regard to the council. But again, we're down to cost and we're down to whatever. Yeah, but the secondary roads are more important. Like, I mean, I see a situation, as you all know, when you go from our place up to Croom to the cross, down, mm-hmm. Caras Cross, you know, that, that there's a bank there. And it becomes a danger for traffic and people trying to get out onto it. And it's it's not cut on the proper time. I know I don't know whether that should be pushed back in because of wildlife, because of damage to it, you know. But a lot of consideration will have to be taken by that. I, I agree with Tom, you know, when it comes to those main secondary roads, I think that the council should be responsible for them and, 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 and looking after them. Hmm. Jerome, well, the yeah. council have gradually over the years that was their function once upon a time. Right working all that we stuff on the main road. We yep. had that grown wild. It was a t- it's still illegal, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then we have this excuse of well, wildlife and all that. As Tom said, it's not being caught either. Yep. And picking the litter and the garbage, some of the roads is something appalling at the moment. That you drive various roads, like as if to spring through the, the banks of rubbish out. Mm-hmm. And... The, the county council have that passed over to the local community as well and tidy towns and so forth so a lot of what they did in the past when we had no money in the country it was done by the county councils mm. it's, it's now they're not doing it anymore well operation clean limerick is led by the council and there's a day or a weekend given to that usually in march that's another so, joke that's, well, that's, that's, that's another that's another that's something no, i'm glad you brought that up i wouldn't sorry sorry no i yeah. wouldn't agree it's financed by mr mcmanus yeah but why should it be financed what? by anybody well, i was just going to my next yeah. point there Joe. i'm delighted you brought it up because it's it to me like, like the council have reneged in their responsibility, as Pat has rightly said there, and Eamon, they're actually, they're, you see, they've handed over uh, the waste collection, they've handed, they've got hold of that in the city and in the county, they've got all, I mean, the, the repairs to the roads is also carried out by subcontractors. And, you know, and we know the job that a lot of them are doing. The council staff themselves are efficient and they do a good job, but they're only, they're only a, small, a, sm- a small amount now in the, in the overall workforce. And you, you also mentioned <coughs> that now, that this famous kind of a clean-up day, sponsored by McManus. We're, we're all taxpayers here. We're all, and we shouldn't have to depend on anybody to, to be their generosity in, in, in actual fact tax exams anyway I mean given 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 the leadership here or given the the monies to do a job that should be done by our public authority which you are a member of because the, the Limerick City and County Council you said it was a financial situation but they have formed a company now another company like 2030 Borrowing hundreds of millions, supported by you as a councillor, 
with directors and no one knows who they are. And so, what's going on like? What, well, who's I running the show like? Tom, the comment I would make was, it's not, maybe 20 years ago, the council had an employee for every mile of road and they maintained the, they maintained the ditches and they maintained the waterways and whatever. But unfortunately, you don't have that workforce anymore. Gone. They, but Jerome, something bugs me a lot, you know. I mean, there are companies starting off here working for the county council, and now they're nearly multinational companies because they're on the road. How, what is it really costing to get those people? You know, we, we all know them. There's only a couple of them there. But the kind of contracts they have and the cost, I'd like to see the cost and what it's costing the taxpayers for to do the roads the way they do them. They do a good job and it's all right. Like, but there's massive money being spent. And I, I can't fathom out that we have people who needs maybe that line of work in the council and things. And why, if we have elected people in, in councils and things, like before, which was harder to do because we hadn't what we have now in equipment and everything. And if we have people in the council who will actually take up the mantle of running whatever departments they're in, whether it be road department, whether it be uh, waste and, you know, or, and this side to the hedges and the cutting. I think we should have somebody in the council responsible and with council put in. They're, they're just leaving the work and just leading out the contractors instead of employing people themselves to do it like they did before. Well, they don't, and that's well. The, yeah. Well, so that's up to the councillors. Well, I, I would agree with that. The rate, the rate payers uh, are the people more than the taxpayers that are cut for this. So every year we have to look at what. What's it costing us now? Like, I mean, do you know, what, I mean, the, the, these guys have to be paid, haven't they? The rate payers. No, but the, we, the, 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 these professional guys are getting in doing the roads. Like. Well, part of the difficulty, and I've raised it so many times, is we've more consultants than we have workers. And that is a big well, issue. Well, that's not the taxpayers' fault, like, you but know. It's part of, part of the problem, Eamon, is the red pair is being cut for it all of the time. And yeah. in the past. Right. We go back to the good old days that Eamon referred to. The council workers, they had their tower machine, they had their lorries, mm -hmm. and they employed people. Yep. We so have a county council to run the county in the Correct. city. Yeah. Therefore, part of the job is to do that. that but you then, Eamon makes his part. And Eamon, Eamon has been cast aside. I don't disagree. You then refer to the consultants. So there, whereas Eamon is talking about the amount of money mm -hmm. being spent on the guys who mm -hmm. get the job, mm -hmm. who are making a big profit out of it. Mm -hmm. You'd imagine if you do it yourself, it is cheaper to employ your own people to do it. But then you have the cost well, of consultants on every project in the county council. And if anything goes wrong, who do you blame? The consultants. Part, so of, the problem, it, 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 part of the problem, Pat, is consultants are brought in where people are afraid to make a decision that they'll stand over themselves. That's the problem. But the consultant is brought in and he's told what the, what the report is to be and it's done on that basis. <laughs> and that wouldn't be my style of, of management, but I'm afraid that seems to be the problem. Who, who is that, running, who is that, running, that is a problem at national level. That so is a problem at national level. The county council, the consultants? Well, you'll have to ask the leader of the council no, about I'm, that. I, I'm uh, innocent in many ways. But yes. I would have thought that you elect the people you people and to Pat, go into the council if you lay hold everybody to account and explain i agree and we we we, we have a, a problem below on askeaton with lack of accountability that's with a regard pool, to a, a swimming pool that's another day's work and that's something that's going to come to the fore in the next while
But you see, apart. Yeah, sorry, Tom. Sorry, Jerome. You see, this is the this is the central to the whole. I mean, you have addressed the issue. I, I'm uh, correctly there yourself, from Jerome, and so far that uh, that a lot of these, all these. Um, are handed over to consultants. It's the same the housing. This is why we have housing. This is and why we have the housing disaster we have. And uh, but you see, the point that I want to make here is that when it comes down to the running of an authority like, which Yemen has rightly put it there, like him together, that uh, there appears to be no one responsible. There's, there is no attendant. We have at the moment our, our, our head of planning has gone to Liverpool. Like oh, she your friend Nula. Yeah. And, you, and she's and, managed, she'll be managing and, 300 people over there, I'm told. And she on. has, well, I won't pass any comment on that. But the situation is that um, that she's been in Limerick, I think, about 15 or 16 months. If that. Yes, and uh, I've been dealing with her. And to be honest about it, like, in the meantime, we have in the we, in the Limerick City and Council, City uh, Counties, we have two companies formed. We have the 2030 mm. with unlimited millions borrowed projects planned out there. Someone, someone like, you know, I wouldn't be supportive of that. Now we have a second one coming down the line. And you see, whereas the roads, the houses, the actual hedges and the lighting and things like swimming pools and all that appear to have been pushed aside. But we have the heavy hitters in now, like with another company being formed. Who and what is the constitution of that new company? Who is the, who is the chairman, the CEO, who are, who are the board members? You know, I don't even think the councillors are represented on the Tom, are they? Well, they were they, they, they were represented and they were on the twenty thirty mm. one. Mm-hmm. So I, I presume that there would be a select amount of and this as well. And I, I, I'd be I'd be asking that question to Jerome. What's going on? Well, or, or, or do these people think that they're that they're dealing like that they ha- that have a free hand to for to borrow millions? I mean, and it could be actually hundreds of millions now. And with the backing of the council, and they're supposed to get him money from all these agencies in Europe and all that, all like a man you see every one time behind in a tear, they'll be upstairs, up there, so they will. And like with nobody questioning, not one, the media didn't question it, because why? The media are in their pocket. The media will never question it, <coughs> and that's half our problem. Yeah. The media don't question anything because the media's like but, we but saw. a minute, I'm very naive or something. I, I haven't been involved in politics for a long time. But, but, but my God, if we have councillors representing us in this county, they are representing us. We didn't put consultants in there. We didn't put advisors in there. We put the councillors and we talk great of them that they are the people who will make the decisions. And if if we have if we if we have companies working for us, they are held accountable by the council. <laughs> I mean, yeah. this is ridiculous what I'm listening to you, here. Like, that you, you, you tell me uh-huh. that the councillors have their meeting, they, they are responsible for, for, for our, our, our roads, our infrastructure, and everything within, within the, their remit. And they have no say. Well, but how, who, who puts, who puts the, the advisors in? 
Who puts all these guys in without no control? It the beggars belief. I mean, if I told that to my two grandchildren, they think I wouldn't write at all. Well, to be blunt about it, you'll have an opportunity and you can put your name forward in 2024. Yeah. There'll be elections. Is that no, 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 no. that's not the answer to the question. Sorry. No, no, no. May I make one point now, he, please, he's Matt? Made the point. Don't interrupt we me elect, while I'm speaking. We elect six councils in this yeah. year in all the areas, and you've admitted yourself over the years that the councils are literally being ignored. Uh, sorry, they allow themselves to be ignored. Thank you. They Thank allow you. themselves to yeah. be ignored. And the problem is now, gentlemen, the problem is, and I heard it this week from three or four different councils, oh, please don't bite the hand that feeds you. Shall I say any more? You can repeat it again. I won't. I've said it once. That if you're not nice and play ball. Exactly. Yeah. We have too many cosy... I'm aware of that for you Sorry, myself. We have too many cosy cartels. Yeah. And I'm sure across the 26 counties. Oh, it is the same it's everywhere. And go all the way up to top. It is the same everywhere. So, and, it's, and I would say it's even worse if you go as far as Dublin in now, terms of the Oroctus. Back to the screen, mine. Pat, why won't the panel discuss the Northern Ireland Protocol? Is it not important? James Holmes at Hay. Now, we have a long list. I thank you for all the messages. There's a, a, a screen full of them up here. And we would ask you to then more, as we said, we are sticking strictly to what you people send us in tonight. And if we run out of that, then we'll, we'll play a few songs to keep you entertained for the rest of the night. Why won't the panel discuss the Northern Ireland Protocol? Is it not important? Mm. Amen. <laughs> What do you think of it anyway, the latest version of it? Well, I, I suppose it's a good thing if it works, you know. Mm -hmm. But I hope it does work. I, I mean, th th there are several players in this, you know. We, we, are only, we are the outside players at the moment in this side of the country. It all depends on, on the, the, the unionists and their affiliation and what they want. And if it is a thing that they've came up with a bit, an agreement without getting the agreement of, of, of what you call him there, uh, it'll be a, a, a farce. It, this should have been... That, a, you know, I, I, I'm kind of... I, I'm confused with it at the moment because it's it's not really passed yet because it, it, it can yeah. be stopped by the unions. There's another question in here from somebody else. That was from James Holmes. And I tell you, this one is from... Which is basically the same thing. Does the panel think that the UP will scupper the Windsor framework, James, in Newcastle West? And James, my opinion is that they will. They'll do everything to keep Sinn Féin out. I wouldn't disagree with you, but th there's an element of them being having to play a second fiddle as an excuse for them not accepting it. That's yeah. there. But I think at the end of the day, we're back to the hand that feeds us again. I think at the end of the day, yeah. they will <coughs> tug out for uh, for Westminster. It's going if, to be pushed if, through. If Westminster yeah. push it through, push they it are through. dependent yeah. on Westminster for their funding. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not going to, uh, like Turkey's vote for Christmas. Yeah. Well, I, I, well, I, I think this, this programme, Ermert, the the real problem with the whole thing from day one that was that uh, when, the, when did the UP set out their manifesto for the election there was nothing about the protocol in it because they they figured that they probably that that win the election, yeah. they win the election yeah, yeah. and then all of a sudden that when they didn't win the election and when the Michelle O'Neill was now as first minister that was the problem the problem with the DUP is that they 
they can't see anything else, only dominance and sectarianism that they created and that they, that they were good at and that uh, they are, they are now attempting to hold maybe 600 million people. That would be, the, that'd be the, the population, I suppose, approximately the north of maybe tell me, of Europe and Britain and Ireland and all that, as a ransom, they think. And they've got away with an awful lot, to be honest about it. And uh, I think that, uh, that they are now, again, you know, this idea that, that they were going to uh, kind of go through line by line this situation and they were going to get their balusters and things and looking at it and all this nonsense. And they should have been called out a long time ago. The real truly is, this is naked sectarianism by them. They want to go back to where they were in the 20s and 30s and and, and dumbed. But they'll never go back to that anyway. But that's what their, that's what their ambition is. And... Uh, I think it's time for the, they, they were against the Good Friday Agreement. They didn't, they didn't sign up to that. And now they, they wanted uh, for the rubbish it. And I think myself anyway, that a Good Friday Agreement is constituted in such a way to suit them because the, the, that situation in the North is not democracy. When you have, when you have to have, have joint, uh, like governorship there, it, it, it'll never work. You should have to go back to, to the, let the parties that are in power and that they let them govern. But the UP are isolated now, but they hope that they can that they can control and they can delay this and that election will be called and they'll say then we held it we held everyone to ransom. We are the crowd that we're you know this is we are the unionists, we are going to that's the situation and that I think is yeah. fairly the, clear the right wing of the Tory party is a factor in this. Sorry Jerome the right wing, the extreme right wing of the Tory party is another factor in yeah. all of this. Now, another... Which is weakening, hopefully. Another question in here. We'll get the question in before the 12 o'clock or 10 o'clock mark. Why is Tom Ryan so against the Citizens' Assembly and the drugs business? Is it because he is not part of the Citizens' Assembly himself? Regards James Holmes in a day. I got a request to go on that myself there some time ago and did. I passed. Amen. Citizens' Assembly, what do you think of it? It's probably another cop-out. And the way they're picked and selected and so forth. Yeah. You know, it, uh, what, An excuse to... Exactly. Well, them, if it's a government that's put in to, 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 to govern the country, thing, yeah. it should do. Yeah. All these ifs and buts and cop-outs that they're doing about, yeah. like, yeah. you know, and... Uh, that's my idea, but I just wouldn't... I, 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 I wouldn't entertain it. I don't yeah. entertain it. Jerome? It's a talking shop, number one. Yes, that, yeah. I yeah. suppose it's good in some sense that people can discuss whatever. But we have a lot of people elected, like, in the oh, dark. We've more than enough elected. And members. you have the Senate with it. So why do you need another? We've far more. But it yeah. just goes to show that the Oireachtas has failed when they're... When they have decided that we need um, you have a minute and a half for that. Yeah, well, I'd be totally against the citizens' assembly anyway. As the has rightly said, we elect uh, we elect the national parliament. That's where the debate should be. That's where the law should be pushed through, and that's what that's what that's where all this should go down. But James, this, yes, this particular yep. one now, this particular one, I think we should come back to Pat. I mean, after the break, because it's about the drugs. 
This is a this is a backdoor job. Never a backdoor job. We'll be back this to shortly it. going to the ad break. And folks, if you can call us in on any topic you want comments on, O six nine six six two hundred telephone O six nine six six two hundred or O eight seven one double six nine eight hundred. My name is Pat O'Donovan. You're tuned to West Limerick one or two FM, your local community radio station broadcasting from Newcastle West. And the panel tonight is Eamon Lane, Jerome Scanlon, independent county councillor and independent minded as well and Tom Bryan another independent minded man indeed indeed the three men we have on tonight are all independent minded and Jason is on the desk to take your messages so back to you shortly County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors Limerick and Newcastle West for all your legal requirements phone 061 314 948 Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors TOD.ie You are listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on West Limwick 102 FM on the 1st of March 2023 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Councillor Jerome Scanlon and Eamon Lane. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, TOD.ie. Welcome back, listeners. You're tuned to West Limerick 102 FM, your local community radio stations. <coughs> Uh, my name is Pat O'Donovan. On the panel tonight is Eamon Lane, Jerome Scanlon and Tom Ryan. And if you give us a call or a, on 0696620 or text away at 71669800 on any topic you would like the panel to discuss. Tom, you want a quick comment there on that matter we were discussing before we moved on and that was the Assembly. That's right, Pat. Uh, the Citizens' Assembly that they are, that they are really promoting now, I see what they're putting Paul Reid as chairman of this. Uh, this, is, again, is, uh, you know, he's going to paint it. You know, I mean, if it's Citizens' Assembly and it's selected random, well, they will have a chairman now. Uh, you think they nearly elect their own chairman. But no, he's, he, he's put in. And this, the emphasis of this and with the actual... Uh, and this is where, where our, our friends and our elected representatives in the Dáil come into to be criticised as well. They have actually, they're, they're using this as a backdoor for legalised drugs. And for the, for the, that the drugs will be available to everybody like alcohol, and uh, which is considered not a drug at all, I think, you know, which is if I listen to the radio every day to see the actual, listen to Joe Duffy today, I mean, and it would make uh, it through the RTF machine, like, you know, which is, and we all know the relevance of it and the, the, the actual the, the destruction that has caused alcohol, but there's nothing about <coughs> that. That's legal, you see. No, they want to do the same with drugs. And they're saying that if, if the drugs are legal, they get rid of the criminal gangs. And this is, their, this, is, this is the actual... So we're looking now at a very, very interesting period of time. The actual legislators have handed now this to the Citizens' Assembly who will come back and guarantee they'll come back that that some of the drugs will be legalised and will be available and they'll be controlled. This is the word they're using. 
So, I mean, let's wait and see what happens here. But I would, I would say to people like that, whatever about the, the destruction that's been caused by drugs already, when they legalise them, it'll be open to be just... We'll hold that there, folks, because we could go on and on and on that and the, the drugs thing and, and the alcohol, of course, is a scourge that is out of control and serious and very serious and not enough being done about it from the powers that be. That's my opinion. Pat, why has the conversation been kept alive morning, noon and night on Ireland's housing situation? Why isn't it being tackled? Less talk and more action is needed regards James Holmes in a day. On the programme today that you'll hear after this one tonight, uh, I did pass the comment about in the Kenny stand up all night one time with the homeless. I think we had maybe a hundred or less that time. Now I believe about 11,000. Are we supposed to be homeless? Over and 11. Sorry? I think it's just over 11. Over 11,000. And every homeless, day, imagine. every day, I have somebody who's about to become homeless. Yeah, and some years ago we used to have the census, we still have the census, I believe, and, and CSO forms used to come to my office there on a regular basis, make me fill out all that stuff. It was for forward planning. And where's the forward planning gone to? It's gone out of control and lost. What is it? Here again, we go to, uh, you know, I hate getting onto people and you know, hacking in the same old story. But like, there was a time when each council was was was, was responsible uh, for the, the housing, housing in, in, well, yeah. in, in their areas, yeah, yeah. you know. But I mean, what I what I what I, can't, I think people don't understand what's going on at all. It's a scandal at the moment what's going on all over the country for the last four or five years. I mean, we were told. By you know, pinstripe suits ministers for, for for housing, telling us how to do it. Bring in these vulture groups that build houses, give them land that's owned by the public, with taxpayers' money, with the services on it, to provide half a dozen houses for people who need them, and all the houses that's being built. There's very few coming out for people who need them. And uh, there's an amount of money being wasted. Here again, we have no responsibility by anybody and no responsibility at government. I think that anybody who's elected to office in any capacity, they have to have the integrity, the honesty, and, and I won't say it, but the nick to stand up and be counted when it comes to decisions being made. Otherwise, this will keep going on. Our elected uh, p politicians and people like that, they can't be saying to their, their parishioners, but this happened above, it's not in our, their, 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 their voters, it happens in there. They are part of it. They vote on it. Now, if four or five of them vote against it or put pressure on the government, then there'll be things done. But no, there isn't a personality in politics with principle now. I'm not, you know, that's what I think now, not everybody. But I mean, that's the way it is. Nobody will stand for what they believe in anymore. They are going with the party and the party whip. That's not my politics. Maybe I've gone way behind the times article. Well, to that, that, oh, I'd like to think that that would change, but I definitely I stand on a point of principle with regard to housing every day of the week. Uh, there are people that do not. Uh, I think the main problem with the housing crisis that we find ourselves in goes right back to 2009 and 10 when we set up NAMA. We set up a monster, and the monster bred what, what you referred to there as the vultures. And again, as late as today, I had 
two, three cases of um, unfortunate people caught in and an estate in one particular case caught up by a vulture fund that now bought out the developer in this particular place. You know, you think of it that way, but they're compromised in that particular place and they're compromised individually in other places. Jerome, Tom Ryan and I and many other people mm. of our calibre, mm. uh, of nobodies, unimportant I wouldn't nobodies. say that. I would. That at, at the time of the name, we pointed out, and I pointed out as an auctioneer, that those houses should have been sold on an individual basis to people. They would have got probably three times, four times the price of what they got. Yeah. People would have houses. Yeah. It was appalling, appalling. Absolutely, well, party, and two, nobody held sorry, responsible. The, the, the two parties now, and I'm not a left person, don't think for one minute that I'm a left supporter. There was one person that stood up against NAMA in this country who subsequently became a failed leader of the Labour Party, and that was Mrs. Burton. She was completely against the setting up of NAMA. Sinn Féin supported it, would you believe, with Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael. And to me, it, that was a licence to doom and gloom where we've arrived because not alone did we stall the market for five years as a consequence of it we've had no house building for the, another five and you so deprived thousands of people of, people of, should of have been houses that they would be living in today when we had that crisis money should have been invested in yeah. infrastructure particularly yeah. the, the wastewater infrastructure that was neglected rather than let our people go off to australia Tom, or whatever we one, should have been one of the greatest scandals of, of, of the past 20 years well, it, it, it was the Zorro and uh, our own minister here played a leading part in that. And he had been lauded left and right and been celebrated everywhere in his retirement. But, um, what minister are you referring to? I'm, I'm Michael Noon. And uh, you see, that, does not talk, that he's gone, gone but not forgotten by me, anyway. You know, on their contribution to the NAMA, to the NAMA exercise we call it or whatever you like to call it I could think of other vultures as well I, I would say uh, on promoting the vultures yes <coughs> well it's the same thing but you see again we what I'm and we have we've, we've been kind, kind of cajoled by going back and going back, <coughs> going back and, and trying to find yeah. a remedy in the past you, <coughs> you have no chance of, 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 of resurrecting a remedy for the problem we have now. A couple of things have been said here tonight, and it's a very, it's every time you listen, you turn on a radio, any program, political or news, or, or read a paper, housing, housing, housing. Listen to the bass in the doll, housing, housing, housing. And uh, Eamon has put his finger on it there. Housing, like, for, uh, was always, down the years, was always provided for people with low incomes and people with, with very little income and people with very no income by the council. By the council. They built houses, thousands and more of the country when there was no one in the country. And, but you see now, what, what's, what's after happening is, you see, and um, I think Jerome put his finger on it here. When you start implying architects, architectural firms, consultants, and all that, which were implied by councils and to provide modern kind of uh, setups. Didn't the house no more? I, I don't want that house. I'm, I want a house with maybe three bedrooms and I want a, I want a back kitchen and I, I want all this and that. And before, 
and that so these houses now are actually costing so much and that, that they're just not possible to provide any amount of them which is another stupid thing is as well also we're listening for the for the council saying we're not getting money from the government the government are saying we have the money the council are doing their job and there's a total contradiction there there's nobody in actual fact standing up and say look i mean there's no one from the council like saying standing up and saying uh you know why they're not getting the money what's the wealth of the beer we're listening to Sinn Féin and Mary Lou you could nearly say, make her a song for now for the Eurovision about housing. But in the last go in the last local government set up, I mean Mary Lou and Sinn Fein and Jerry Adam before her had control of a lot of councils in the country. Mm. In Dublin in particular and and they, they had a huge representation. How many houses did they build? They sent they have their they had a representative on the 2020 committee, uh, uh, this 2020, 2030, 2030, I mean, company in Limerick, mm -hmm. was it, uh, what's his name? He was in maybe Phil. Yeah. Brown. Uh, yeah, uh, Councillor Brown. Councillor Brown, he, he was at it. Uh -huh. uh, and I, and I said in this program before, when you see Sinn Fein having, I, I mean, having members and uh -huh. council and companies, commercial companies, like, so it's a, again a failure of local government, of local councils, that they're not building houses and say, look, we need to, 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 to put this thing, get, get organised a good builder, that there are plenty of them there, but a lot of them won't get to work because it, there's all, all special people needed in this and all this, there's an awful lot of things you're, going on. You're caught with European tender of all things, Tom. Well, you That's are, right. but you see, you can overcome that if you have mm. the, if you have the, the actual Weaver Hall to say, look, what about European timbers here? Mm. There's money here to be spent. We want to build houses and we build them. Mm. You know, that's what you want. You want leaders, the, which we haven't uh, got to. Uh, yeah, I, I've I, never had. I, I agree with you. The amount of money we're told that's available for housing, put it into any category like renewal, replacement. There's four categories of houses from the point of view of vacancy and dereliction. So they can be from one to four. And there's a budget for each category. We're four years listening to that. Correct. In respect of certain houses yeah. in this town. Yeah. And nothing happening. But getting back nationwide, even. You know, it, 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 as, as, as we've all agreed here tonight, housing is the most important thing in this country tomorrow. It's going to upset our employment eventually because companies came out today already and said the biggest drawback they have at the moment is that they haven't housing Great for their, their prospective employees and that's a sad state of an affair now we have a situation i have a son built in a building a house now if he built it before the green party came in to the cost him eighty thousand less i mean what are we doing we are actually playing into to, to the big providers of electricity and gas in this world by not having Fire still in the house, chimney still in the house. In the situation we're in at the moment, all that kind of thing could have been put in the back burner till we get houses up, you know. And if we're going to go down the road that the Green Party, I mean, they're after selling out our, our forestry now because the minister is from there, to, to Bolshoi Group, and she's a Green Party minister. And what are they doing? Like, They are ruining our countryside and uh, they're ruining... Rural Ireland, 
And rural Ireland will be when when things go wrong in this country, it's rural Ireland that keeps the country going. But in any event, like you see, in, like this, and this is a major, it's a major problem, you know. That, that, I mean, I think myself, in any government, I would sit around the table, you know, when the government was formed, and say, look, what are the problems here? What can we do? But you see, there, there appears to be no, no leadership at all, or no guidance, like, or, or no kind of um, a joined up thinking, like. On the issue. Part, part of the problem, Tom, is now we have three cats watching the one mouse. Yes. Previously, if you had one cat watching one mouse, you had a better chance of success. But you see, what I'm saying to you, Jerome, is that wouldn't you honestly think that the actual management, I would say, like, and of the, of, of the city and county council, and you say, where does it lie? Is it the, as Eamon has rightly said earlier on, it does it lie in the chamber or does it lie in the executive? To me, it lies in the executive, guided by influences who are no longer with the council, but who were, and now who, who have big jobs and big monies and, and influence as well. They, they, could, they could say, we spent 100 million inside O'Connell Street, and we, but we won't build any houses. You know, I mean, it was, it's, there's something radically wrong here in Limerick. And I, and I, I mean, said it's nationwide, but I'd stay at home. I, 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 I'd you like to, to leave the teaser out here. You couldn't leave Limerick. You couldn't actually leave Halley Newcastle West for to see the, for to see the, the neglect Now, folks, we will hold that there and we'll go to Ned Break and back to you shortly. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. You are listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 1st of March 2023 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Councillor Jerome Scanlon and Eamon Lane. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Welcome back, listeners. You're joined to West Limerick 102 FM, broadcasting from Newcastle West. My name is Pat O'Donovan. On the panel tonight is Eamon Lane, Councillor Jerome Scanlon, and Tom Ryan. We thank you for your messages, folks, and we can take a few more before the night is out. And just one quick question to Jerome before we move on to the next topic. How many houses have Limerick City and County Council in their ownership unoccupied? Here in this municipal area, I would say the figure is around about 45, give or take a few. But my big concern with those is so many of them have been unoccupied for so long. They're now virtually derelict. We had a meeting of the municipal area today. And I suppose like every month this was discussed and there seems to be nothing happening. 
Works have started on one house. One of those houses has been occupied for five years in Assumpta Park. Uh, there, I went to Sharwood this evening. There's three houses boarded up in Sharwood. There's two houses, as you can see, boarded up in Maiden Street. Go to Drumcolher to North Road. There's two houses side by side. And some of those houses were sold on to, an approved ho- to various approved housing bodies for peppercorn money, 127 euro in the case of uh, one over in Kilmurray in Fina. The local community over in Fina would have taken over that house, but it was decided and pushed through the council that those houses would sell to these bodies. For 127 Focus euros. Focus Ireland owns the one in Fina, and as far as I know, the deal hasn't completed yet, and it's about a year and a half since the decision was made. I raised that at council, as you're all aware, and I might as well have been whistling past the cemetery. And I would say, if you talk in terms of numbers, there are probably, I would say, six, but you probably have three to four hundred houses. And my big concern is the number of them that are derelict. And as I've said so many times, and I don't want to sound like a broken record, they're categorised into four different headings in terms of the spend that's required to renew them. It doesn't sound good. I'd hold you there. And you mentioned Sherwood and other places. And just for the listeners outside the area, maybe they wouldn't be familiar with that, those houses are only about 25 years old, and there's five of them shuttered up already. Sounds very bad. What are the panel's views now, Gardner? Yeah, the discussion about cutting back hedges, etc., from uh, Gardner's point of view, if there is an ordinary the month, then you can cut back hedges, etc. For example, apron, you can or may, may you can't. You're a bit a gardener, Eamon, this ordinary the month. Well, that, that doesn't come into play with machine, really. And cutting. I, yeah, yeah. You can't, you can't cut. I, I, I don't believe in that at all. This is slip, slips this person is referring to, really. H- hedging can be cut with, 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 with hand with machines, but nothing else. Because Next one here. Part of the panel's views. Just one point so, with regard yep. to the R in the month. Older people will always recall and tell us that you only killed a pig when you had an R in the month. But the young people will tell you you're not allowed to kill a pig anymore. This is part of the difficulty we live with. When they they were killing the pig in my area, he was held two parishes away. What are the panel's views on the Limerick football's results and performance in Division 2 of the National Football League? It's looking like the team have regressed under the new management team. And if it shows how a good job Billy Lee was doing for Limerick football and how much of a loss he is now. That's from Michael Conway. Croke, indeed, I met his father and mother last night at a funeral in Bellingary now. And Michael is a, a, a solid listener there every Wednesday night. Well, I had, uh, I, my opinion was that uh, it was the worst thing that ever happened in Limerick football to go up where they went because we are not in that league. You were up with All-Ireland winners over the last 15, 20 years. Division 2 is probably strong, if not stronger, than Division 1 at the way it's working at the moment. And we were punching way above our weight. The guys that brought us there... Age had caught up with them and mileage had caught up with them. And now to fulfil the team, we're bringing in real greenhorns. And, uh, you know, it was always going to happen sometime. They, they, they played their best when, when they could. But uh, Cork is a serious outfit this year and they mean it. And they took, maybe if they black carry or Dublin, Dublin mightn't have 
giving them such a beating. But like Cork are want to progress in the championship so they took every opportunity that they, they got and quick comment well, it was a fantastic achievement for Limerick to get to Division 2 and we've got to ex- we've got to acknowledge that for everybody the team the manager and the trainer Tom Ryan Tom Ryan dis- knows nothing about football on the holding so we'll pass thank you Pat very much <laughs> <laughs> now Margaret from Raheen the discussion about water problems in Limerick at the moment my water has gone brown called the council about it and they don't know anything about the water problem discuss uh, did, 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 you mention, did you mention Rahina? I mentioned Rahin. Oh, Rahin and Margaret Rahin. from Rahin you might clarify whether you're a city lady or a country lady yeah Rahina is very rural and Rahina has a private water scheme which is well managed and run and I'd be surprised that's in Kilidi here in West Limerick and I'd be surprised to hear that they have problems with uh, discoloured water up there no she means I see her Rahina Limerick yeah Rahina Limerick I assume yeah Yeah. city and that's outside your area very much so that's city west so it's the (laughs) metropolitan area that deals with that now we had a presentation from Ira Ishka where uh, the council staff that work for Irish Water are all being moved across to Ishka, Aaron, which is the, the new body. They seem to like spending a lot of money, keep changing names and paperwork oh, and yeah. titles yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. You know? Change your logo costs a couple of million. Now, the, no. so the M- Irish, water is, is Irish Water is probably uh, the faceless people that were put in to run our water system we wouldn't keep running it also Ishka, yeah well when the council had it this is what this is what mr phil uh, from kilkenny decided Organ, yeah. yeah but pat that's that one that request now from right here and i think we were we're not we're trained we're treating that a bit a bit you know that's a serious matter yeah, you know, I mean, Rahin is a huge area. Yeah. Like, what kind of a water scheme is it? Is this? Is it, no, it's 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 public, oh, it is public water scheme. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's the public yeah. water scheme. And you see, the actual, you know, the, this uh, an interesting point has just uh, has crossed my mind. You know that, and it goes to show you see how selective and how how our media operate in this um, in this county and in, in, in the city. Recently, we see we had the RT program on the on the the, the Rahin Industrial Estate and discharge of effluent there, and discharge of all, all sorts of, and it 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 mentioned also there on that program when experts talking, and serious research had been done, that this problem, in order that estate would eventually. And maybe at the moment would uh, would enter the water system for city and county. There wasn't one iota of a word about that in any media, in the local media, by the council, by a councillors, let it be green, red or black, whatever there. There wasn't one mention of it. Now we have it here in Rahane. You have a situation there. So like it goes to show that that how we can we can like overlook issues that are there in front of our eyes. But this is water now, this is public water supply. So I, I mean I'm act- actually shocked now that this hasn't been that this has happened. Because I'm actually on that same water scheme. Like I have public water, that's how I but that's how I run yeah. the farm. But Tom, if we have one consumer in Raheen 
that has a problem with discoloured water. There must be a lot more. It, there has to be. Thousands Several. Thousands of them. You know, but yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad it's been highlighted now tonight. You know. Now we'll move on. Uh, Michael from Tuller County Clare. What does the panel think of if there has been an increase in tourism and visitors to Limerick after GA Hurdler's success recently? Well, Michael from Tuller, I must say, the exhibition they're giving in Clare recently of a nice fine evening. Thousands of people will be coming to Limerick to see the, the wonderful beautiful stick work that the Limerick hurlers put on display on that particular night. And while we're talking about hurling, a good friend of mine and a well-known hurler indeed, Dermot Kelly, passed away recently. He was buried last Monday, funeral Sunday, and buried on last Monday. And, of course, he scored the goal in 12 points in 1955 final, as all clear people will remember. But Dermot told me, uh, we were, I was in lots of places with him. We were down at Cork Radio one night and on the way back, I was talking about he gave up hurling very soon after, in the six, late 50s, I would gather from him. And he said his last match was played in Tulla, against Tulla in County Clare. He was living in, in playing with Innes at that particular time. He was the bank manager in Innes. He was black, blue, and yellow from all the belts he got, he said. And the wife said, Dermot, it's time to give up the hurling and mind your job and mind your health. <coughs> that was Dermot Kelly. Now, for our listeners on a story in song, on next Saturday from 3 o'clock to 4, I did a one-hour program with Dermot Kelly, and that will be broadcast on Westermick 102 on this coming Saturday from 3 o'clock to 4 o'clock and repeated on Sunday morning from 7 o'clock until 8 o'clock. That's the story. Now about the tourism, Tom Horlin, Limerick are really putting on a show. Oh, they are packed. Making they're sure the ones they're playing against. Well, that is a fact. They're a very good team. There's no doubt about that. They're, they're you know, the best team in the country by long, by long shot. And um, I think that uh, they're, they're definitely, I mean, have a lot of people coming. You know, what I found when I was looking after the Limerick team, that you'll be pleasantly surprised the amount of people that come from all over. England, you know, Scotland, Wales, all over the, all over Ireland as well, for to support, go to the matches and support the team, and this this will definitely has, but it it wouldn't have the same, the same effect that that, that you'd have by people following the the Irish international rugby team right like that now, you know, by I me, mean, but but there there is there is definitely an element and a great number of people coming from outside the region supporting them and rightly so because they're they're a wonderful team thanks tom for that and thanks michael from Tuller, and another call here from pat o'connor from clown care the cross at knockaderry last christmas a truck went through a wall all the emergency services came out including helicopter now a few months on, engineers come out, plus Francis Foley, still no repairs done, a truck can still be driven through the gap in the wall. The cross at Nakaderi last Christmas, the truck went through the wall. I came on that scene myself, actually, yes, there's a fine big hole in the wall, and the same misfortunate wall for the people living inside it. It's been knocked a few times since that wall was built. And, of course, we would say also that, sadly, there has been a large number of fatal accidents between Abbey Field and Limerick City there in the past 12 months. It probably isn't too far off for double figures, I'd say, Jerome. Yeah, 
Well, just uh, you can tell that um, texter that I was actually out there yesterday, uh, not yesterday, at the end of last week. Looking at John Sheehan. Looking, no, looking for, to get the th- that repaired. Yeah. And there's a curb and a barrier required there. That'll be there very soon. But obviously the household... This is across here in the main road. This is at Cregan's Cross. Cregan's Cross, the house, yeah. The householder there obviously will be consulted before that's done because yeah. the wall is inside in that gentleman's garden. And all the cement blocks yeah. off the wall yeah. inside yeah. The, his lawn. And it has been down for a while. But one has to be certain that when the work is done, that it's done to a standard that will maintain... But it literally needs a barrier. You know? oh, uh, oh, yes, a barrier. That's the decision. On that corner be, as well. There's a barrier on the other side, but it needs to be on that side. But doesn't it but go there, to... But there is risk as well with barriers, Pat, you see, so they have to take that into account. Well, there might be a risk, but there's also yeah. risk for the people inside the well, wall. Well, there's a far bigger <laughs> risk. Like, there was a there was an occurrence over in Gortrow, I think I told you about that. You know, Gortrow over Ballingarry? Yeah. Where people went to... Retired on a Friday night. And at... 4.30 in the morning, they had a lady standing at, her do- at their door ringing the bell and the man of the house went out and she said, my fiancé is here. And they, he looked at her and said, what? Yes, because the, you know, the, 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 um, the codes code. for the, um, when yeah, you're travelling. Yeah, code, yeah. Yes. Postal code, yeah. yeah. It transpired that the chap in a rented car left Limerick, followed the sat-nav, Ended up in Gortrow, miles out of his way, and it crashed into the side of the house. The car was embedded at the side of the house. The oil tank was written off. All the uh, the kerosene in the in the tank was gone, and there was damage done to the house. And the lady arrived from McCroom, of all places, which was quite a distance away, to meet this man that got the itch late night, early morning, and was on his way to McCroom and ended up in Gortrow. Now, wasn't that an interesting thing? Yeah. And that just goes to show what, what can happen. And that ha- happened at, the cr- at a crossroads as well. Yeah. But, but about, we, we've had another fatal accident just at a, sadly Unfortunately. here. Unfortunately. Uh, close again to us here on the main Limerick Larney Road, as it is known as well. Something needs to be done. We have two people killed back a little. A lot of people, an awful lot of people have been killed in the past 12 months alone over the past number of years on that main road. Well, we had a discussion about a very simple thing today at municipal level. I don't know if you've seen the sign that has gone in at Arton Crohe where it tells people that they're exceeding 80 kilometres. Yeah, those flashing ones, yeah. Have you been up that way? Have you seen it? No. It's there now for about two weeks, but I personally think it's a very good thing. A very effective, those flashing ones. It is extremely ones. effective because even I can stand here at Kilela Nursing Home and look up the road oh, and that see there, yeah, that yeah, they're yeah, on yeah, red. Yeah. And in fairness to the vast majority of drivers, when they see red, it goes green because they reduce their speed. So we need more of those type of uh, speed alerts in places that are vulnerable. Ardnacrohe Heights is extremely dangerous. But we also possibly have too many junctions coming on. Well, you're always going to have those until you put them in a motorway path. You can't close junctions coming in and out of Rackkeel, can you? But you could close a few of them now and there'd be still well able to well, plenty maybe, room to come you know, out. And, come and, <laughs> and there's a speed limit review and there's a roads review. And maybe what a lot of people, a lot of the public don't realise is they can make, the public can make submissions with regard to what they believe needs to be done. We're back again to something like the Citizens' Assembly. But if that happened and if people, and they will come to councillors, and I know of one particular road over in the Clown Car, 
Nakadera area where the traffic flow was changed to go in a more sensible uh, to proceed in a more sensible fashion so certain things are done and if people make recommendations generally speaking they're listened to now Margaret from Raheen anyway she comes back and tells us she's from the city so she's not out in the wilds oh, oh excuse me now Raheen is that. not in the wilds the Raheen wilds is a very Kaledi. very civilised place a beautiful rural country scene of Kilidi so you're much safer inside in Raheen, Margaret, I must tell you, with all the lights and the footpaths and taxi services and all kinds of things. And uh, we would suggest you there on a more serious note, as Tom Ryan said, obviously it's a very serious issue, to get on to your local councillors and keep calling. We'll go to Nedbreak, folks, and back to you shortly. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. You are listening to the podcast of County Views, as broadcast on West Limwick 102 FM on the 1st of March 2023 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Councillor Jerome Scanlon and Eamon Lane. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Welcome back, listeners. You're tuned to West Limerick 102, your local community radio station broadcasting from Newcastle West. My name is Pat O'Donovan. On the panel tonight is Eamon Lane, Jerome Scanlon, and Tom Ryan. Uh, the other one, do the panel feel that the county holders' discipline is being unfairly scrutinised compared to other teams by the media? I thought it was very unfair for Tina G to ask John Kiley to view the Kyle Hayes striking instance straight after the match last Sunday, Michael Conway and Croke. Of course, you're going to be scrutinised at that level of, of, of hurling. Like you know, when 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 you become kind of invincible, something has to be found against you. But our discipline, a small bit, is 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 a, a bit off. Now, part of that is because of they get very much a due attention on the field, and a lot of it is never uh, is is never pulled. And, but that doesn't make an excuse for throwing back a holly. My God, we were good at it ourselves one time. But in this day and age, you, you can't throw back a holly, obviously. But frustration can do that as well. Like, you know, we have a couple of players who are like that. And uh, there the are several instances. I mean, he, he did connect with the holly. But, uh, I mean, so did, so did Keane Lynch get a slap into the face of a holly as well. Like, you know, yeah, and you could say it was accidentally. Like, but unfortunately, it was at the sideline. And he did throw back the Harley and he could have got a yellow card but the referee deemed I'd say that he he had left off so much else before that he gave the minutes for the doubt or maybe he didn't see it like and uh, sure didn't today or yesterday we know that we're getting undue attention uh, we're not getting the, the protection that's in my mind now uh, that other teams are getting and uh, 
the kind of game we play it, you are bound to get the attention we're getting, you know, because we're, we're robust ourselves. We're hard, fair and honest and, sp- and deep, but uh, you're bound to get that, so we've got to live with it. And, Quickie uh, comment there, Jerome. I'll defer to Tom Nile, Tom <laughs> Ryan's knowledge and experience on this one. You couldn't go to a better man with it. Um, yeah, covered it fairly well there, you know. The, the, it's, it's nearly impossible to refer matches now. The way the game has been played, well, then we have developed the game. Like, it's, you have a lot of high tackles, you have a lot of pulling, like, and bunch and all that kind of stuff. Is, you know, and uh, I think myself that the incident itself, I mean, itself did warrant a yellow card. There's no doubt about that. Like, and uh, I think the referee was overall, he's one of our younger, better referees, uh, Mitch Honestack. But, uh, you know, it's so hard and so, so hard now to referee these matches you see the one aspect of it that nobody is looking at is and that I believe strictly that these types of issues now are being coached which is spoiling you know bunching high tackling running throwing the ball it's a joke like this hand passing is a joke so it's nearly we've really reached a stage now where it is nearly impossible to refer matches now Tom I mentioned the late Matt Kelly there earlier on and as I said, I was down in Cork with him on Cork Radio one night, many some years back, and Willie John Daly was there the same night, and Jimmy Reedy was the host on the programme. And the question was asked, what did they think of holding today compared to the olden days? And both of them said they thought the holding was better today. The, the players were much fitter than they had been. But I wouldn't be in the same class as any of those two guys. But I feel myself that the skill is gone. You had DJ Carey, very skillful. You had some other skillful players. But it is all speed, running and passing and uh, position game, as they call it. Whereas the overhead pull, the ground pull and strike and all that, that skill has been lost and it was a wonderful skill. Well, Pat, whoever whoever said the game was better now, like, I mean... It's, it's Those like, two guys, really, John Daly, yes, famous yeah, Cork man. You're, not, you're, you're not talking about the same, you're not talking about the same thing, the same product. I mean, Holy Now is totally, is the way it's been played at the moment. I, I mean, I've been talking to a good few people who contact me in the country column that, that, that I write in the mail every Saturday. And a lot of people contact me from all over the country. A lot of people go, are not going to matches anymore. How could you go up to Galway last night and watch that? You know, how could you go to, the, I mean, look at 20,000 people went out to the Gaelic Crowns to watch Clare and their antics. To watch you Limerick. Know, watch Limerick. I mean, you see, and the game now is, is a kind of, we call it a position game, like, and it's being coached. And I, to be honest about it, a good few people, I was talking to Joe Hayes then, and Joe Hayes agreed, has several other with Tipperary last week. He couldn't, I mean, he said he couldn't watch Huddle now. We've got some more matches. Eugene Toon, I suppose, one of the best club up that yeah. players ever turned out. Well, I was talking to him last week. He called to see, to see me. And uh, he said he was in, he was in up in, um, at the mastery in Goldman Cork. He said he was embarrassed to walk. He said he couldn't walk out. He got home, he said. But he couldn't walk out because that's, uh, you know, I mean, really that'll tell you. It's not holding anymore. It's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a showmanship now. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. that's not, 
in any way now taken away from the skill and for, for what Limerick have Limerick have a wonderful team but the game we are talking about the game itself the days of men marking men marking that's thing has gone out the gate that's, that's yeah. the evolution of hurling yeah. and that's the way the refereeing and the rules are going as well like, uh, you can't blame the players but I don't agree with you that uh, I mean I, I, I've seen those players that you're talking about not that daily but in other years there yeah. actually you'll find it very hard to see any man as skillful as Keane Lynch and uh, you know and yeah, yeah. I don't think anybody can but, deny that but there's no one denying that it was the that same that time down to yeah. only one or two uh, players that was right. really skillful that's right you had no, I you, mean, had you can you can go back in any county Tipperary Wickford Tipperary I mean Kilkenny oh, Limerick they're great hurlers yeah, they're great hurlers they were oh, no, uh, you know I mean this Limerick team is a, is a very is a very good team we're talking about the game we're not yeah. talking about Limerick I'm not talking about Limerick I'd ask you one question, Tom. Yes. Uh, going back through history, <coughs> how many great hurdlers had any of those teams? Maybe three or four at most. Limerick has a multiplicity of them. Well, they have. But see, we're not saying that. You, you, no, but in case anybody would think that we're criticising them. Yeah, we're not. We're talking about the, the way the game has developed. Yeah, but you're not comparing like with L- like. Last Sunday night, anybody watching the Sunday game, we see Joe Canning. He's, I mean, he's the way he... <coughs> I mean... He has he criticised the mean the the way Galway played last weekend when they when they had the, when they had the forwards inside the scoring, you know. So I mean, when you when you when you you see, unfortunately, like if you're taken if you're if you're taken if you're not in agreement with the with the media now, mm. you're taken as being oh well now you're on a step, you see, and there's no room for debate. Mm. There's no room for. I mean, nobody will will nobody questions the skill of Kane Lynch, of any Limerick team. They have they have they're a wonderful team. They, they were there in all teams. Can Roger Cox, Charlie McCarthy, Justin McCarthy. We're going to look at them here in Limerick. We had them as well. Kieran Kelly, all them. And captain. those men were being marked close by a player on them whereas nowadays there's no close mark. There's no marking at all. Sure. No this is the point of order. Mm-hmm. It's all marking space. I was talking to a man last week and his, his young fella at 16 years of age was playing for a team out in East Limerick Hurling and his man scored two points and um, so he said to him at half time he, he was his nephew he said God, he said your man's after scoring three, three or four points every year now well he said I'm marking space he said Space. That's I'm the size space. Yeah, so yeah. where should we yeah. go when you're yeah. playing 16 years of age? The game is, to me, it is finished. <sighs> yeah, but it is, it is, it is the rules and all this evidence that's brought in and after that's changed it, really. You can't blame the players there. I want to play what's there, right? Well, we know that. Yeah. We know that, yeah. Yeah. But I think but that there was too many rules made. You know, I don't think anyone will be disagree with that. Like, there are too many people who are probably never true holders but involved in the GA making rules. Uh, and which is is is, is has developed this well, kind of game. You know the job the men out of football. Yeah. That Mick O'Connell, yeah. the, 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 one of the greatest of all time, he wouldn't watch a football match well, and if it was a gun to his head. And and with with the holding is nearly becoming a non-contact game as well. Well, when you look at when you look at players that are up in the morning at seven o'clock training for two hours before they go to work, I mean. Five years, six days a week. Now this is intercounty. They're not milking a couple of hundred cows anywhere. Well, they're not. But sure, that doesn't that type of of, of uh, we say of of a situation training regime doesn't suit people. Doesn't suit lads <coughs> while we're talking married or lads that are young fellas that, that that are working on building sites 
or in that, that no. So it's a different. And the one thing that that worries me about the whole thing is it's not being spoken of. It's been, yeah. Now we, we'll hold that there. Uh, we have a new program coming on here next Monday morning from ten o'clock to eleven, and every Monday morning thereafter, uh, a sports program we'll call it because it might, apart from G, it might cover some other sports that would be on at the time as well. So from eleven, ten o'clock until eleven, every Monday from next Monday onwards. Uh, strangely enough, we got no call whatsoever, or no message whatsoever about Niall Collins and his side problem. So that will continue on. In uh, the, the, uh, on for, uh, the doll, I think he has to make a statement up there. Leah Nirida leaving politics, she's leaving Sinn Fein. Well, I don't know if she's leaving Sinn Fein or not, but she, she was a candidate supposed to be for the Southwest Cork area in the next election. She's not now going forward. Um, she's said about the amount of abuse that politicians are getting and especially female politicians but all politicians getting abused nowadays and in days with all these modern technology and facebook and all kinds of books and whatnots jerome you're familiar with well what's, this what's allowed to be said about people now is beyond belief yeah i would say with regard to lena reader there just wasn't room for her in cork southwest uh, because you have miss holly kearns now who will be the chief ballerina down there uh, provided she remains there and she doesn't take herself off to dublin you have uh, sitting TD, Mr. Collins, yeah. independent and effective man, will be re-elected. And there's a seat for either Fianna Fáil or Fianna Gael, and that's it. One of, the two, one of the two parties in power will take the third seat down there. So the Sinn Féin exit stage, courtesy of Holly Kearns, if she are to remain in South West Cork. But I don't agree. You know, I mean, this is not her alone. I mean, you know, we, we just can't isolate the deal. We're hearing it every day. You know, from 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 uh, before profit, even for for Fianna Gael, Fianna Fáil, but it, women seem to be getting more and more of it. It's, they're not being abused publicly. The phones, you know, <coughs> all this, this this TikTok and everything that they have now, and what they're doing, and they are sexist against women, and I suppose they feel that. But uh, I have the opinion: if you go into politics, you know, you've got to be able to stand the heat as well, like, you know. Tom, I suppose it goes back to the to the younger generation, shall I say. They have no respect for authority. They have no respect for guards like we did in our day. They have no respect for teachers, etc., clergy, etc. So yeah, well, why would you expect to have respect for politicians? Well, I, I, I would say that, uh, you know, that it's, a, it's, it's a, a very nasty turn there in recent times. With the, with the abuse, I mean any any type of abuse. I mean any elected individual. I mean, I, mean, I ran for the election and I wasn't elected. I, and I would, I would have I have great respect for people that are elected. Now I would criticise what they do after being elected, and that's what we're entitled to do. But we're not entitled to abuse in, in any way, and let it be male or female. Uh, I think myself that it, it, it definitely is a sign of the times, it's a sickness that's in society anyway now across the board. As you rightly said, Pat, society authority now is open to naked abuse more than 24-7, you know, and, and, it's, and it's a sad reflection on Ireland and and its future. And also, it, it, it would be a very... You would have to think twice about allow your name to go forward now. There's, and there's an element of attention seeking in it, Pat. 
Possibly, possibly so. The clock has beaten us, and uh, uh, Tom, we would be, it would be remiss if we didn't wish Polly a happy birthday. She's 94 today. Oh, I'm delighted to hear that she's our birthday today. I wasn't sure when our birthday was. I noticed yeah, I'm a good man for birthdays. Thanks yes. to Shirley reminding me. Yeah. Yes, well, no, I mean, Polly is a star. You know, she always will be. She oh. don't so we wish you well, Polly, yeah. and wish you many, Good's many more years of happiness. Yes. So that's it for me. So my thanks to Eamon Lane. Sorry for keeping you up so late, no, Eamon. No, you no, mustn't no. be used to these late nights. I'm not. I'll let you up early in the morning. And <laughs> Councillor <laughs> Jerome Scanlon. Thank you, Jerome. You're very welcome. And we're glad we gave you a nice, easy ride tonight. Very pleasant. Thanks to Tom, as usual, and to Jerome, of course, also. Good night. Take care. 102 FM. You've just been listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 1st of March 2023 from 9.30 to 11pm. Councillor Jerome Scanlon and Eamon Lane joined Pad O'Donovan and Tom Ryan for the discussion. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie.